Take three. Brandon Meadows, how you doing? Doing good, Dale. How you doing, man? Good, thanks. Thanks for doing this. That's uh, going to keep this uh, 90s, 2000 quarantine podcast uh, running. We've had some good ones. We've been getting some good feedback. We just did one with uh, your old teammate, Matt Polkamp. So I thought, uh, yeah, it's time to uh, to do one with Brandon. You're kind of low-key online, so I thought it'd be good to... Uh, I think me, me and you did one a long time ago, right? But it was many years ago, uh, right? I think when you and uh, Tony D kind of first started it. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it'd be good to do a refresher. Uh, how you been? How you been through all this uh, quarantine stuff? It's good. Uh, we're uh, hunkered down, uh, me and the family. Um, everyone's at home, working, doing schoolwork. So, uh, you know, part-time teacher, uh, part-time worker. <laughs> um, we just get it all in. So I think everyone's going stir-crazy now, but um, uh, kids... Uh, Kids these days aren't like we were as kids where um, they just go outside and play. So for them to hunker down in the house all day long and for weeks at a time, it's not really a big deal to them. Yeah, no, I get it. You know, it's my daughter. I like make her go out in the morning to start with, you know, because you know what it's like. They want to get on the computers and kind of that would be it. You know, they can. Yeah, it was definitely different to when we were younger, right? Yeah, I, we, we just got done with the workout, my daughter and I. Um, so I forced her to work out. Uh, she wrestles in oh, high school. Cool. So cool. Yeah. So uh, I forced her to uh, get out there and get sweaty because I can't stand with them to sit in here on their phone or the Xbox all day long. So yeah, no, I totally get it. Whereabouts are you now, Brandon? You're still in the uh, NorCal Sacramento area, right? Yep, live in Roseville. You still see uh, Pelton and all them guys? Um, in fact, I saw TJ Johnson couple days ago he came by um i don't see rich all that often i don't go to the track ever um <laughs> and uh he's super busy himself um and then they were on the road all the time when the races were going but mm-hmm. um just uh you know i follow I, bikes are always going to be my love mm-hmm. uh, and i'll always follow it but i don't i don't get into the scene very much um i'll poke my head around and say my two cents every so often, but um, just do everything behind the scenes and go from there. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely low-key online. Sometimes I forget you're even there, then I'll see you on a couple of posts. Once, oh, yeah, Brandon, I, you know, he's super, super low-key on it. Uh, we're not seeing like, you, you know, you're not like wild man style doing, you know, throwback Thursday every day or anything like that, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's start, uh, go back to the start, where you found BMX, your local scene, the riders, you know, first few sponsors, all that good stuff. All right, um, born and raised in Sacramento, started racing in 86, so at five, my younger cousin um, was racing, and we had an NBL track, and then, of course, we had Roseville, the ABA track, and for whatever reason... Uh, we started at the NBL track, and so just started racing NBL uh, in '86 um, on a little 16-inch, either garage sale or uh, yard sale bike. Um, I got hooked. My dad got hooked. Parents got hooked, um, and then from there on out, it just kind of took off. Uh, but I raced NBL only for shoot probably till '90, so four or five years. Was it, um, was it like, I know NBL West Coast was probably pretty small then, especially up where you it, were, right? It was. Um, 
but it, we had they were huge on the state series. Right. So um, between Fresno, Hesperia, Barstow, um, you know, there was 10, 10 NBL tracks uh, that they hosted NBL State Series, and that's what I raced for five or six years. And then it wasn't until, and, you know, my dad was into the scene, so it wasn't until my dad found out about this ABA and realized that he wanted, he wanted me to get my name out there that I had to go race these bigger, bigger races at uh, an ABA. Um, so race for a bike shop team or a, how would you call it a bike shop team? Just a local team, uh, NBL local team for till about 1990. And then I raced a couple ABA races and a bike shop team out of Texas called SNS racing. Um, reached out, picked me up, um, that was 90, 1990, um, 91, I raced ABA majority went to the ABA Grands for the very first time, um, was blown away as to like how big the ABA Grands were, and that's when they were in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, so race 10X, um, nobody really knew who I was, um, and I, I won 10X in 10 Open, I beat Chad Ernest. Chad Ernest was the 10X GT rider at that time. Wow, he's probably world champion as well around that time as well. <sighs> probably. Um, so then... 1992, um, I think right after I won ABA Grands, uh, Powerlight reached out and I got a ride for Powerlight, and that was before the Big E time. Okay, it was uh, it was ran by a, a guy named Jack Doherty out of out of Phoenix. Uh huh. And so myself, Corky Gainsford, Heather Bruns, Dwight Tardy, John Reyna, um I think Doherty's kids were on the team. So it was kind of part of the firm, but not really part of the firm. Uh-huh. Um, we were kind of the redheaded stepchildren. <laughs> um, and then 93, I think, is when Big E took over the team, and it became more of a uh, more of a team of the firm. But you slotted, um, you carried on, you slotted in with, the, with Big E and everything, right? Yep, for one year, and then he gave me the boot. Oh, he did? Uh, How come? He gave, he gave me the boot. I, uh... I sucked. I did. I sucked. Uh, I'll be the first one to tell you. What was I like? Thirteen, I think. And uh, majority of the year, I would race Larry Canberra, Gary Hausman. Mm-hmm. Majority of the year, and it wasn't every every race. I had third place, third place, third place. No matter what, those dudes were whooping my ass. Um, Larry was six foot one at thirteen years old. Gary probably weighed two hundred twenty pounds at thirteen years old. I was just little, you know, eighty pounds soaking wet dude, and I, I couldn't beat him. I couldn't beat him, so uh, Biggie gave me the boot. Oh, wow. Gave me the boot. Um, so I think I rode for Biggie for two years. Um, with Stumpy was on the team. Uh, Danny was a pro. Um, Ryan Johnson was on the team. Tardy was on the team still. And that was then, still uh, a good lineup, that is, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Um, and, and, you know, no hard feelings. I mean... I knew how the business worked even at 13 years old. I mean, it was a kick in the ass. But um, so I think I was 14. He gave me the boot, and I kind of I started playing football in high school. And man, I didn't I didn't really want to race anymore. Kind of took the whole year off. I still rode my bike. Um, still went to the track locally, but I didn't race any nationals at all for a whole year. And. Uh, just kind of contemplating on even racing anymore, you know, because I think when you 
when you're young and you, you travel and you go to 25 races from, you know, nine years old, you get on a plane by yourself and traveling across the country to get picked up by, you know, your parents don't know who they are. And mm-hmm. you get to 13, 14 year old and you're like, man, kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so 15, so 95, uh, I get a random call from this guy and he asked if I want to ride for a team called Herd of Hotshots. And, uh, I knew who Herd of Hotshots was. I knew, I knew who Nick Herda was. He was the crazy dude who ran around with a bullhorn. Um, just, they had the bus, they had huge, huge ass team. Vegas, right? Was he a Vegas guy? Yep. He was out of Vegas. Um, and at that time, they had a bike shop. I think they even had a trophy team, a bike shop team. And they had a factory team that they were teamed up with, Herd of Hawk. And um, I didn't – I maybe don't know how it is, Dale, but you kind of ride for a good factory team, and then you get you get kicked off, and then you're like, man, I don't want to ride for a bike shop team. Right, yeah, um, yeah. I get kind it. of a, you know, gut, gut wrencher. But um, mm-hmm. my dad, they were offering to pay for some, some weekends – and my dad, who was basically my manager, <laughs> um, he said we should take it. So took it, and I'll tell you what, man, for the next, see, 95, 96, 97, even 98, so for those uh, four years were probably the most fun I ever had racing BMX. Um, and Herda, he was in electronics and stuff, right? Was it something like that, TV yeah. or something? So he had a, um, an electronics store. Um, where they sold everything from phones to appliances to TVs to all that kind of stuff. And he had it right there in Vegas, and um, that was a gig. And he had two kids on the team, and the guy would give you everything off of his back. Um, he, he was a, an awesome guy. and But he made, he made racing fun again, you know. And like I said earlier, you go on all those races, 25 weekends a year, all, all they care about is how you do. Um, it wasn't about that. It was just about showing up to the race, having fun, mm-hmm. family time. Um, and then after year number one, I think you realize I was, I started winning again and now I was 15. I was winning 15 X. And at that time, 15, 16, 17 X had the biggest rider count. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I don't know, I should probably not say this, but, um, the ride was better than any, bet you than any guy on GT had mm-hmm. uh, financially and um, there was none of that pressure mm-hmm. and so ironically enough um, when I was 16 and I won national one amateur um, Biggie came back and asked me to ride for him again and <laughs> it, was, it was such a pleasure to tell him no mm-hmm. it was such a pleasure um you know, and I contemplated going back to a factory team, but at, at the same token, you know, I was playing football in high school, and I was able to do that and race when I wanted to, and there was none of that pressure and having fun at the races. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the best. And and around that time, you know, GT, Robinson, Powerlight, all had guys that I raced, especially when uh, we raced at 17 over open. And I'd be on the gate, and it'd be seven dudes from either GT, Robinson, Powerline, might have been even a Harlow dude in there between like McTaggart and Andrews, and then me, the sole bike shop dude. 
And that's where you came onto my radio. I was actually around the, you know, seeing you on Herdis, um And I think TJ Lavin was on at the same time as you, right? He was, yeah. So, so you like, yeah. I think TJ, that's when the dirt jumping started. So I remember, you know, you still see a bit of that footage from the grounds when TJ kind of, that was his big coming out party, I think. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and then, you know, around that same time when you won amateur number one, winning amateur number one, who was, who was you up against, you know, in that, that, that same, same guys like Loraldi and all those guys, Shannon Hannon? Yep. Yep. So Dan, Chad, Steve, um, I, I don't know if they were all up for the title or not, but, um, I don't, to be honest, I don't even know who was up for the title that year. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things where it was going to come from someone 16X, 16X always had the biggest rider count. Um, it seemed like rider count always dropped off after kids turned 17. They get cars, chicks, I don't know what it is, but um, whoever won 16X was going to win. And um, Yeah, once again, you know, in that gate, lane, I got lane eight that weekend. Um, and in the gate full of dudes that have all factory rides, and you, have to, you basically have to win the grants to win a title, of course. Uh, can't ever get second place because it's uh, it's double points. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it was um, it was a good comeback of of my career, and um, it was good to kind of look back at thinking that you wanted to ride for those pinnacle teams and of GTS and Robinsons and Haros and things, and it, it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about getting back to why you wanted to race bikes, why you wanted to ride your bike, and you know, as you know, when you're having fun, everything seems to click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so, so then, did you did you stay amateur one more year, or is that when you went pro after after amateur, amateur title? So, yep. So, so in 2000, when did I win the title? 2006. Seven, I think. No, I'm sorry. 97? 97, yeah. 97. So, 96, I ended up national number three. Um, I didn't even know really what, na- like, top ten national amateur, t- you know, what that was. And someone goes, man, you finished number three. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, that was the year that Ortwine won. Okay. And then I got number one the following year. And then the year after that, I was 17, and I was up for the title again. And... I did what I had to do. I won. Um, but once again, uh, they had that 19 and over expert at the time mm-hmm. and I was 17 and 17 expert didn't have that many riders. And, uh, Andy beat me by, I want to say I got number, number two that year. Um, Andy beat me by just a couple points cause of the rider count. So, um, and then after that year, um, I wanted to turn pro. I had all intentions of turning pro. I was graduating high school. Uh, no, I wasn't graduating high school yet. I wanted to turn pro, and heard a, I, he would have done everything he could have, but I thought that I needed a factory ride to, to make it to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was only racing ABA at the time. I wasn't really racing in NBO, except for the Worlds that year. I won the Worlds that year. Yeah, well, let's let's not breeze too quick past the worlds. I think that's something definitely we need to. to so you were still on herders then when you won the worlds, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that because that was a big deal, and uh, I've got the footage, so I'm going to put that alongside alongside this. Obviously, Australia indoors, kind of a weird track, two laps. Then, but your main 
junior, all, all the guys from that class, it was such a, a hard class, be, all went on to great things, you know, even at, at, at the time, they were great as well. So maybe tell us about some of the guys you raced with and, uh, yeah, winning junior men at the uh, 98 Worlds. Okay. So I didn't race in NBL at that time. Um, my dad, again, he was kind of business manager dude and, you know, would talk to, he would talk to Loraldi's dad and Shanahan's dad and, um, I didn't know really anything about the world. I'd been to the worlds in 94 in uh, Detroit, uh, Waterford Oaks, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was on Powerlight. I didn't know anything really about the worlds. I knew when I was on Powerlight, I knew Corky Gangsford went every year. Um, Dwight Tardy went every year. And I, I just knew it was kind of this, because I was an ABA kid, it was just this one-off, one-off race that everybody went to. Um, but I didn't think anything of it. And I was winning, and maybe that had something to do with it, but... Uh, I kind of had a side deal with uh, Vans when I was on Herda's, mm-hmm. and Jerry Batters was the team manager of Vans, and we were talking about going to the Worlds, and he offered to pay for me to go to the Worlds, and um, I was like, sure. I mean, I, I didn't know what the Worlds were. I honestly didn't. I didn't know what UCI Worlds were, um, but I was like, you know, let's go to a different country to race bikes, and again, I think my dad was more into it than I was. Um, and we get there, and it's a whole different ballgame, man. I mean, you know, well, they're not, they may not be raced like that anymore, but, I mean, you were just one lap after another, after another, after another, after another. Mm-hmm. And in, NBA, in ABA, as, a, as an amateur boy, you raced one lap, you were out for four hours, so you raced your semi, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'd race the main. I'd race maybe three, four, five laps a day in the course of 10, 12 hours. Um, here I was. Uh, gassed and racing lap after lap after lap and it was a short track mm-hmm. but I was still gassed mm-hmm. um, and uh, just a different different mindset um, different mindset when you get on the gate because when you're on the gate with people who you know and you've raced a bunch of times it's just kind of a little bit easier to um, set your mind but when you're in the gate next to a dude you've never seen before um, he might be Riding some equipment, you're like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> um, it was a little, it was a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was a good experience. Um, I did not have any expectations, uh, but like I said, man, when things click, it just clicks, and um, everything clicked there. And then when I when I won, and someone told me um, some of the American pros like Matt Hayden, and and they were like, "Man, do you understand what you just won?" And, Still didn't really get it. I didn't get what the UCI World Championship was, especially at a junior junior elite and elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until probably I got home and you know more people were like, "Oh my God, do you understand what you did?" You just did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pretty cool. It was a it was a good experience and something I hang my hat on and I, something that no one can ever take away. Um, so yeah. And you beat some good guys in that main. Uh, Luke Medeal was in there. Warwick Steele. I think Warwick maybe not. He no, was in Warwick your class. Won, I think Warwick won Cruiser that year. Yes, he did, yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't know. I knew who Luke Medeal was because um, he had come over to the States a few times and raced. Um, of course, you know, the firm riders, all of them. Um, Dill Dyke. Dill Dyke, yeah. Dyke. He'd already won a bunch of uh, world titles in he, York, leading yeah. up, you know, before that and then went into mountain biking and did good in that as well. Um, he, in fact, if I remember correctly, in that real tight 180, he's the one that blew everybody up in the first turn. 
probably. Uh, when you watch the video. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, looking back on it and seeing who else was in the, in the main event. Um, I think Jamie Gray was in there. Um, it's kind of cool to, to relive that. It is kind of cool. Yeah, Stephen Murray, he didn't make the main. I think he got fifth in the semi, but he was in your class as well. Okay. And Kelvin Beatty as well, yeah. Yeah, but they were. I think they were uh, first year junior. But yeah, I just remember that was super locked. And I'll say I've got the video and it's pretty cool to uh, to share that with everybody. Um, all right, so then you came back to the States. Uh, yeah, to- so went to the Grands that year. I won. I got uh, NAG number one. I got number two in amateur by any contest. And then, and that's when I, I wanted to turn pro, not so much the next year, but maybe the year after. And I thought getting back onto a large team was what I needed to do. Um, and I actually had two, two offers. Um, I, uh, Huffy offered me a really, really good deal. Um, but they only wanted me to stay amateur. Um, and that was kind of a deal breaker. And then, uh, John Paul was the manager of Schwinn and that was, I mean, Brian Foster has been my idol since, I was a little boy. That sounds kind of weird, but I still I still look at his Instagram pictures, and he's damn near almost fifty years old, yeah, um, doing some of the stuff he's shredding still. Um, so to be able to ride for with a team um, with Brian and Matt um, was just like, oh my god, yes, I'll I'll take it. And John Paul didn't really care about race results; he cared about more about image, mm-hmm. um, and not so much about personal image but about writing image and that made me feel really good that you saw something in me and um you know you can you can race well you can ride trails well you can do some throw some uh good style for the photos um so i i took the ride with schwinn and um 98 i think that was Mm -hmm. so i raced amateur a year and no i'm sorry 99 that was 99 i raced an amateur with schwinn for a year um, I wanted to go back and defend my title in France that year, mm-hmm. but Schwinn was kind of anti um, going to the Worlds. That would have sucked. I just realized it now. Yeah, you was first year junior when you won that. So yep. You yep. Yeah. Um, so I didn't go back to defend my title, which was kind of upsetting. Yeah. Um, I never realized that. And Shanahan won that year, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I raced uh, amateur for a year, and I didn't even finish the year. In fact, I went to the Grands 99 and practiced, I want to say, I, did I practice amateur or what? But John Paul was tired of always getting up at 6.30 in the morning and taking me to practice. <laughs> and he's like, dude, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? He's like, what are you going to race for this weekend? He's like, you know, race for another NAC number one? And and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's all I can do. I, I wasn't in the hunt for amateur number one. He's like, so you just want another great plate? He's like, why don't you just, why don't you just turn pro this weekend? <laughs> and uh, I always ask my dad, and I'm like, hey, man, what do you think? He's like, it's up to you. Right. So turn pro at the Grands, um, 99 at ABA Grands. I raced the Friday night pro spectacular. So that was the year they had um, – that big ass double on oh, the finish true. line. Yes, it was hard, wasn't it? Everyone was it tired. was, and yeah. so once again, I'm amateur, right? So I race once every. <laughs> right. You know, you qualify, you don't race for the semi. I wasn't used to running three motos, 
for a class, three motos for open, a quarter semi and a main, and a quarter semi and a main. I was gas. I could not jump that that last jump. Right. So I always took I always took the right. I always took the right. And I remember racing uh, the pro spectacular because there was no A pro and double A pro, it was just pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say I got first or second a couple of those motos and. I think some of the delays were pissed that I came in and um, <laughs> laid it down on them. You know, a little 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid. Right. Um, and then so raced A-Pro that weekend. Um, and I'll never forget that weekend. Uh, it was – Christian was there. Oh, he was still A-Pro then, wasn't he? Yeah. He yeah. was A-Pro. Power light. Um, I don't know if he was on power light or not. But I think he might have been. It was around at that time, right, when he was hanging he, out with Mario. He was my um, – he was my competition, uh-huh. and um, first first May smoked him. Came around to that last corner, and I went. I was, I was talking to Brian and Matt before. He's like, they said you got to jump that jump. You can't jump that jump. You're not gonna win. So I came to that last corner. I just took a big breath and <laughs> <laughs> started pedaling. I yanked for that thing, and I ended up crashing. Uh, I, I think I got like fourth or fifth that that uh, May. And then I got two first half of that, so I finished second behind Christian. Right, still good, um, good race. You never remember? But yeah, no, it was it was, uh, it was fun. Um, Mario didn't turn pro until later that year, um, uh, and so it's kind of a Mario and I had a little bit of a. I remember a little, you had bit, a little, bit, of, rivalry, a little bit of a rivalry. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. You guys are pretty uh, we, heated, right? We, you too. What's that? You guys are pretty heated with each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, and it went back. It went back into my herd of hotshot days, and um, when we race, uh, he's way older than I am, but we would race in seventeen over open. Right. Um, and then I turned a pro early. He turned a pro to me in the year. I just hated losing to him, man. And he was good. <laughs> he was good. I'll be the first one to admit that dude was really good. Right. Um, but I just hated losing to him, and um, he was, <laughs> yeah. I uh, hated losing to that guy. Right. Um, but yeah, so what is that? Two ninety nine. Um, so two thousand. Probably got my probably got my three grand in two thousand. I got my three grand in the first uh, couple months. You know, probably getting a couple first and a couple seconds behind Mario. Turned double A, then got my ass handed to me. So tell us about those. Uh, yeah, first, first. No, you did. You you always. Sit talk down on yourself but you was very good and I remember you was good at the start um yeah maybe talks about that first year then how you ended up some of your best results during that year and uh I may have made a couple of mains um my first year double A um so that was was two let me just think so 2000 I'm trying to think when we all clipped in so that was around 2000 right mid 2000 so you were were you already clipped in no I was one of the last dudes Okay, you was on um, Airwalk, weren't you, with uh, Brian and everybody? Yeah. yeah so you um, I remember, was it Lamore of 2000, everyone? Yes, everybody except for Romero. Um, I may have already, ooh, I don't know, I don't think I was. Because I think I clipped in that year at the NBL Grands. Um, oh, maybe then, yeah. I, I think I held out for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, I, I didn't have an issue with it, I mean... It is what it is, right? I mean, but all those other guys like Loraldi and Shanahan and Mario, they was already clipped in like before everybody, wasn't they? So, 
Shannon or Shannon was not. He oh. rode flats forever. But Contes, I don't think he ever clipped in. But Contes and, and Mario and yeah. Loraldi, I think Hernandez even clipped in. Yes. Um, all the dudes clipped in. Um, I just, I just refused to do it. I don't, I don't know what it was. I didn't need to. I was mm-hmm. still winning when I was when everyone else was. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no point into it, and then it just got to a point where, I mean, it wasn't feasible. Yeah. anymore and everyone was doing it and um so it gave in you know but so that's 2000 2001 um was a better year for me mm-hmm. um 2001 i think i was on schwinn still um i was having a good season and i think um john paul was no longer the team manager of schwinn um Lou, sweet Lou took over. Um, and then it was still me and Matt. Um, I, Brian had already uh, parted ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Turson was on the team. Um, so 2001, 2001 was a really good year. So uh, were the Worlds before the X Games? Uh, I think they were, huh? I didn't do the X Games, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, I think they were. So Worlds usually like July, right? Yes, yes. So X Games would have been in August. So the Worlds were in July in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I always hear you ask dudes about what's that one race you want back. Right. That's that one race <laughs> I want back. And I was um, and I was telling the guys yesterday on the on the Facebook, you know, I was talking about. I think it's different now, but you'd be paired up with the same guy all day. So I think me and you got together. After the motos, right, and then so we'd probably like I don't know sixteenth, eighth quarter um, semi, and anyway, you you won every lap, right? Dude, so you know the controversy of the track, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone complaining about pro section. The track was the track was bad. Mm-hmm. The the terrain was bad. The the it just bad. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all had to race it, and the first jump was a double. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a small double, right? I mean, we'd all say it's a very small double, but it had a very unique um, lip to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was able to yank and manual that thing mm-hmm. and get a bike length on people mm-hmm. every lap, mm-hmm. every lap. And it was just working. It was working. It was working. It was working. And I think I raced you in the semi, mm-hmm. and we might even be next to each other. And even you told me, like, oh, my God, dude, you take that first jump so well. Mm-hmm. Got in the main. And I choked, man. I just, I choked. I hit the gate and, and that was it. Uh, and yeah. uh, the rest is history and uh, you uh, got your second title. Yeah, no, you was, you was totally flying that weekend. And like I say, the world's main, anything can happen with anybody. But you definitely was like, I think, the, the, the guy going into that main. You know, like I said, you had that first jump. Uh, so good, and I think in the final, Evo did it from the outside because I think it was a bit more mellow around the outside. Wanted Evo did it and got a real good drive uh, right around the outside. And like I say, you was yeah, you was really taking it uh, good during that day, you know. So, so yeah, that's that one race that you uh, you want one race back. I'd take that race back over, but you can't. And um, you know, sometimes I wonder if you know I'd have an elite an elite title under my belt um, if my legacy would be a little bit more uh, solidified versus um, what it is now. You know, I don't have any traditional uh, pro titles per se. Um, 
that what everyone's looking for, you know. But still, yeah, let's, let, let's talk about them. Their X Games, and so let's yeah tell a little bit about the track, the the whole because completely um, yeah kind of a different scenario with the track and the the technical ability, and then obviously you you doing so good at those things, you know. So X Games were later a couple months later that year. Um, the first one, uh, the year, couple years before, we had a couple um, of the Vans Triple Crowns. Um, I was able to make the main in one of those. Um, I didn't get to race the very first one at um, Woodward. I was hurt. And so I raced, uh, well, I went to the Wisconsin one that got rained out. Yeah. Um, which would have been a shit show of a race, by the way, if we were to race on that track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went to Wrightwood, and I think I made one day there. Um, so I've always loved to jump. Um, I've never been the most powerful guy down the first straight. I'd rather a track with more jumps, more tech stuff. Um, so when these big, big tracks of the downhill stuff came around, I was like, yes, actually, this is this is what it's all about. Um, we get to showcase our skills, um, and then so I didn't. I I made one event at the Vance Triple Crown. Uh, Robbie was the showcase, mm-hmm. rightfully so. I mean, he he won the first one and did well. Um, so he was the he was the man at these, and X Games came around. Um, track was similar to the very first triple crown there. Um, but I didn't do so hot in practice. I think I bent a couple pair of forks. Um, I didn't qualify, but like top 15. Um, in fact, if you watch some of the video, uh, my laps were horrendous, horrendous. <laughs> and in fact, in the semi, um, I think four guys crash in one of the turns and it's myself, Robbie, um, somebody else, and we're just cruising, and I took it, it was one of those, it's the tracks where you can't let up at all, and I let up, and I had to roll some jumps, and these jumps don't have no middles, mm-hmm. and I rolled a jump, and Travis Church is jumping it, and I'm walking, like, dragging my bike up out of the middle, Travis lands on me, he crashes, I get up, I qualify, he doesn't qualify, like, I barely made the main. And you guys were good friends and teammates at the time. And one, I, and that's what I remember. You guys never spoke again, did you? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, in fact, I was at his wedding that week. <laughs> we, we went early to go to his wedding, and uh, I think that was uh, the last of our. Uh, yeah, I just remember saying like, you guys never talked ever again. Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Travis, if you're listening, man, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, oh man, it was not. It was not intentional, man. Um, but yeah, so I made the main and and I whole shot it. And I so again, like I talked earlier, when you're in the gate and you know who's next to you, you kind of get a little more confident. Well, I was next to Brian Foster, mm-hmm. and I'm like, he ain't snapping me. He ain't snapping me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the dude to death. He, he might ride around me throughout the track, but he's he's not gonna pull me down first day. Mm-hmm. And I got a good first straight. Came out front. And I knew Robbie was on me. I could just, you can hear the announcers. You can just tell who's on you. And the last corner was kind of a unique uh, little 90-degree corner that a couple guys were able to just hug the corner, not use any of the berm, and hit the lip of this double at an angle. 
and I wasn't doing that. And it was saving them a lot of time, and I didn't do it, and Robbie did it. And had Robbie not sucked up that second set of double too much, he probably would have passed me. But uh, I was able to hold on and win, so and won the first X Games. And, uh, I, you know, to win the X Games, you're like, because everyone, you know, you say you race BMX, it's like, oh, so you do what Dave Mirror does? No. Oh, so you do mountain bike? No. So to say to say you won an X Games goal, you can put yourself on that same yeah. Kind of so you can finally say when like you in the X Games, you can say yeah, yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. And to stand on the podium next to Brian, Brian got second, uh, second or third. Yeah, Brian. I think he second. Oh, okay. Carbon second was Carbon second. No, so that was 2003. Okay. So the it. first year it was myself, Brian, and uh, Whipperman. Oh, Whipperman. Yeah, he was good at that as well. Went to yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So that was the first year. Um, so then that takes us to 2002. Well, well, hang on a second. How much did you, uh, what was the prize money for that? The first year? I 15? Yeah, so the first year, so I thought I was going to get some massive amount of money. Um, <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't it was 15 because they said it was the first year event, so they only give you half. So I, I want to say I only got, maybe I got, maybe I got 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got 10. And then... And then Schwinn was going through Chapter 7. Oh, you got it by timing then, yeah. Schwinn was going through Chapter 7, and they just dogged me, man. They gave me half of my uh, bonus of my contingency. Um, yeah, I kind of got kind of got dogged. And then right after that, I lost my ride. So that's when uh, that's when the whole thing fell apart, then, right? The whole yep. team. Yep, lost my ride right after that. And everybody did, don't they? Like John Paul, yeah. I seem to remember saying, yep. you have to drive the truck yep. back and it was all done. Oh, actually, it would already gone. But um, So, and then that, and that brings up a good point. So I raced a couple more races that year. No sponsor. I think I raced, uh, we had a race in Prim. Um, I think I went to that race. Um, I think I raced Reno Gold Cup or would it have been? Same weekend um, as NBL Grands. Nope. Um, no, no, not Gold Cup. That would they would always have a national the same weekend as NBL Grands, but there'd be a Gold Cup West maybe. So maybe it was because I remember I was up for the win, and Bubba took me out in the last corner, <laughs> and I thought it was Kama, and I fucking jumped on. <laughs> I was yelling at Kamikaze, and Kamikaze told me to stop roid raging. <laughs> I think I think Carnes posted something about that the other day. Um, but yeah, I had no sponsor funny. at that time, um, and I don't think Christian had a sponsor at that time either. Or was he on Nerve yeah. at that time? Well, he was. Uh, I think before it was on Nerve, he, he was. Yeah, it was a couple. Couple. He went from Powerline. I don't think he had a ride for a while, and then we put him on uh, Nerve. Yeah. So yeah. he was probably yeah, a good chance he was unsponsored. So and then um, two thousand one in. November, I broke my femur. Oh, how'd you do that? I forgot. Uh, just local, at Roosevelt, the local track. How was that? First jump was a tabletop and yanked for it. And, you know, local track, you do it a million times. And I just clipped my front wheel and went over the bars and uh, broke my femur. So no ride, broken femur. Um, I'm 20, 21 years old at the time, early in my career. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, this is it. And then I get a phone call, uh, I didn't race the rest of the year, and I get a phone call probably November, December from uh, Tracer Finn. Right. 
and says, hey, you want to come to Specialize for an interview? And um, I'm like, all right, dude, you're going to bring a guy in a walker uh, to an interview. Okay. And uh, that's when uh, Christoph had left that Specialized to go to GT, I think. Okay, would have been around that time, yeah. Yeah. And so Specialized picked me up the following year, 2002. And you was on, well, like Fox with them guys, right? Was it Fox? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a moderate deal in 2002. I didn't race. I don't think I raced much of the year anyways because I came back in in May. Um, I think I went to a race with you and Neil in DeSoto and then broke some bone in my hand. Um, so then I was out for another six months and then couldn't race the X Games that year. And so it was pretty much a waste of a year. Mm-hmm. Um and then 2003, rode for Specialized again. Um, and 2003 was a great year. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is about going to the Worlds and the X Games in the same year, but um, 2003 in, a, in general was a great year because I did the, uh, the No Clips race in England. Yeah, I was going to hit on that because we were talking about that on Facebook uh, just last week. Um, yeah, I remember NAS. Uh, so you was there, I was there, and then there was... The Latvian crew. Uh, uh-huh. Madison was there. Madison. Evo. Um, Evo was there. I don't know if Maris was there. He was probably not quite the Maris yet, but he was part of that crew. But uh, that's when Madison's was really good, right? Um, yes. Yes. So tell us about um, your experience coming to England, what you thought about everything, and then you, you won the main as well. So I haven't been to too many countries to race BMX. I never, I never jumped on those trips to Japan or... I'm the homebody man. I didn't like to, didn't like to stay any longer than I had to. Um, I didn't like to go to, you know, different countries. I, I just like to be at home, and I regret that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it had a little bit to do with um, doing all that traveling when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and you just it, it was get there on Friday, get on a plane on Sunday, or a worst case scenario on Monday and get home. And I didn't want to do any of those long extra trips. Um, I should have, now that I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of times I, I went to college while I was racing the whole time, so I didn't have a whole lot of free time um, unless it was during the summer. And so, um, but going to England was a different, it was just to see the way a different country ran BMX races, how the fans interacted with everybody. Um, how wild the fans get in Europe in general at the races. Um, it's crazy. It was the best experience I've had. Um, it was a top-notch setup. Um, the series was great. Um, the organizers who uh, put it on and had me come over there was awesome. Um, so it was good, man. It was, it was kind of similar to... You guys were ahead of the game over there and putting on series kind of like the Tangent Program is now and mm-hmm. just unique series, you know, different from the national series, different from the local scene. It was a, it was a different series. And yeah. it was still during that big controversy of clips and no clips. Right. Um, and so it was good. It was good. And for the ones listening, what the event was, it was basically um, in the UK, they had a series called the No Clip Series, which uh, sometimes it would be a, a weekend on its own, I think like, like NAS where, where you came or sometimes it'd be back on to a, a national weekend. So maybe Friday or Saturday night and then a national would be on, 
on Sunday, but the race you went to was as NAS is uh, is actually kind of a big, and I think they still have it. They don't have a race there, but the the event still goes on. It's a big, it's like uh, a big festival, a yeah. big festival. It's kind of like a big, I don't know if the word rave today, but kind of a rave party. Everybody's partying. There's a freestyle event. You know, there's there's a I, I race four cross one side and BMX the other side. It was just a really cool vibe weekend, and and people pay to come in and party and hang out. Thousands and thousands of people. It's kind of a uh, yeah, I think it's more of a the, the festival type thing now, not so many events, but um, they ran that for a few years, you know, putting the BMX in there. And like I say, when they did it with the no clips, it was uh, it was always cool. There was always TV and good media. Uh, the magazines covered it. And uh, yeah, I remember when you came over and, and won. So it was definitely a good weekend for you, right? It was good. It was good. And then I, I left right from there to uh, Australia. The Worlds were the following weekend. And how do you, I know you was in the main, what did you get, like fourth, fifth or something? Sixth, I got sixth. That was um, a pretty hard main though, I was watching the video, it was uh, pretty much everybody was in there, right? Yeah, and it was a, it was a weird, I mean, come on, you should never have a 90 degree first corner, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> at least at minimum a sweeper, but you're never going to give a chance to a guy in lane eight, right. if you've got eight heavy hitters in there. And that track had... Um, a really big double down the first straightaway. So everybody was kind of airing out this first double. And um, in fact, there was some controversy of uh, me even making the main. Um, so I want to say it was a semi, quarter in the semi. Everybody wrecked in the, in the first corner. I get up. I, I think I'm in third. And I go down the last straightaway. I bonk a double or whatever the rhythm section was, and I cut over, and I impede on some rider. However, he qualified, and I qualified. No one lost a position, mm-hmm. but they disqualified me. <laughs> and I was in those, and we know how UCI officials are, right? They, yeah. don't, uh, they don't know anything about BMX, and they're like, nope, you, you cut over on last straightaway, disqualified. Right. And I remember Irma Miller... Uh, and it was Irma and who was the other lady that was always in the uh, Poly Tedesco yeah they went down there and got in this dude's face and then next thing you know I I moved on to the semi (laughs) 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 but um, yeah I mean made the main in that that race got sixth Um, felt pretty good to make the the, you know the world's main is always a good Mm-hmm. It's always a good vibe to to make the world's main, and I think that year it was in the main. It was Kyle, Thomas, Randy, Jason, Robert, Christoph, Christoph, uh, yeah. me, and I think uh, Boots. Wait, Boots, yeah, yeah, Boots. So Thomas blew a chain right off the bat, um, or something like that. Set the pedal, hit the gate, just quit. Um, Kyle just laid everybody out. And mm-hmm. I think Christoph and I battled for fifth and sixth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Robin DeWild, um, I think he was in the main as well. Uh, DeWild? DeWild, yeah. 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 Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he got third, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jason got fourth. Randy got second. Yeah, that was a, yeah. That's a yeah, legit main, that is, for a while. It was. Um, so to say, you know, I've been to... I've been to, let's see, I went to 98 Worlds, the 01 Worlds, the 03 Worlds. 
I went to 04 Worlds and 05 Worlds. So I made, you know, three or five of my Worlds. So I can't be mad with that. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go to... I get, uh, 04 Worlds were in... So you made the main in uh, Holland? No. No, I didn't semi. make anymore. No. But you was no, there? I, I was there. I think I made semi quarter and then in Paris or France, wherever that was. Uh-huh. Um, I was so mad about the gate. Um, oh yeah, I like I that. Couldn't, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. Right. Um, that dead. Period. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. It was so late. It was just yeah. Um, so I think I made the quarter semi in right. that, that race. Um, another funky layout track mm-hmm. um, with the over and under and. But um, yeah, and so we'll go back to 2003. So after the Worlds, I got sixth. Then the X Games came around. Um, and X Games were in Woodward West this year, that year. Okay. And man, I, I just, once again, man, when you, when everything's clicking and you're having fun, there's nothing that can stop you. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up winning the time trial and I won every, I might've lost one lap, but, um, it was just, it's my type of, my type of track. They even tried so, did you race that year? No, I didn't do any. <laughs> Come on, Dale. I was at the Gold, um, Gold Cup East. <laughs> um, so, that year they put a drop-off yes, out of the it. gate. So, mm-hmm. you could only do like a half a crank. Um, so, me and a couple guys figured, well, screw it. We're not going to do half a crank. We're going to do a full crank and we'll just drop our wheel and just do a wheelie through it. Right. So, so then, we <laughs> practice goes, time trial goes, and then I see Nate Wessel and... Um, um, somebody else up there putting hay bales in there. They didn't want us dropping our wheels. They wanted no no rolling manually of any type of thing. So, <laughs> all right, so so be it. I still did the same same gate. So when everyone was doing a half pedal, I was getting a full crank in, um, and I think that really was the difference. And because you know there's no pedaling, so you got to get just ahead of everybody um, hitting those jumps, and then it was kind of single file. Then and then in the main. Again, I knew Kyle was behind me, um, and I just told myself I can't, I can't over jump anything, I can't case anything, or he's gonna blow by me. Mm-hmm. And I overshot a jump down the last straight, but luckily it wasn't enough for him to pass me. Um, so yeah, I got another gold medal at X Games. So I raced two of them, one two. Um, uh, that year's payoff was a little bit better. Yeah, how much was that? Um, so that one was 15 uh-huh. from X Games itself. Um, and then I got a little bit of uh, love from Specialized and Fox. Oh, that's good. That's a good weekend for you then. Down, yeah. down, payment, so then, down payment for a house, right? Uh, was I living in my house? No, I used the, the first one. I think I used the first. I bought my first house when I was 23. So maybe I did use that for my first down payment. Yeah. I might have. That's oh, still good either way. Man. I might have. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a good good pay weekend for that, you know? Oh, yeah. Those, I mean, those two years were my, I, I didn't make a whole lot of money uh, racing bikes, but those were my uh, two big payoff years. Um, now, did that change your deal with Specialized? Did they up stuff after that? or? So that was my second year on Specialized. Um Specialized had started making BMX racing stuff again, and they were kind of getting really, really big into it. Um, so then 
04. Yeah, 04. Um, 03 and 04. I went to Interbyte. Um, I was working with Pete. Oh, he was a Pete and, guy. I didn't realize. Yeah. I, didn't do yeah, I was I working with Pete, and Pete was TM of GT at the time. Right. And Schwinn was coming back. And TJ was on Schwinn, and Schwinn was coming back, and Pete's like, Pete and Travis Chipbread were like, hey, man, we'll get you on Schwinn. It was going to be a better deal. Um, it was when they were sponsored by Hyundai, so I was going to get a car, all this cool stuff, right? Um, so... I was like, yep, I um, signed a, what are they called where you sign like before letter you get to come? Yes, yes. I signed a letter of intent at Interbike. Mm-hmm. Told Specialized, hey, I'm, I'm moving on. And then they pulled the first rider refusal. And <laughs> oh, really? really? <laughs> uh-huh. And they're like, look, you rode for us for one year, didn't really perform or even compete. This year you did really well. We'll up your deal. Um, and so I rode for Specialized again. Um, and that was Tra- Tracer, was, Tracer was still your team? Tracer was, Tracer was still the manager kind of on the way out because um, they were now starting to kind of get out of BMX again. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, 04, shit, I was on Specialized in 05 too. I was. Yeah. You're so like I was solo, solo guy, right? Say again? Was it just like kind of you just doing your own thing with them? One, two, it, was, it was just me, yeah. Um, I could really do whatever I wanted, have whatever sponsors I wanted. Um, at one point, I tried to get uh, uniform sponsors where I didn't have to wear their uh, specialized actual jersey, just have a logo on it, but they kind of tripped about that. Um, but yeah, I kind of just did whatever I wanted. They gave me a budget, mm-hmm. credit card, go to whatever races you want to, do whatever you kind of want to do. Um, and then, so yeah, what's that bring us to? 04? 04, so that would have been, uh, yeah, it's got to be 04, 05, yeah, if you did two years. Yeah, um, nothing really, nothing really good happened in 04, I mean. What was your first big, what was your first big, like, double A win? Oh, um, 2000, might have been 2004. We're up. 2004, um, we had a ABA National at Roseville, my local track. Okay. It was the same weekend as, uh, same weekend as they had a downhill at Woodward West. So it was one of the UCI Supercross events, maybe. Okay. When they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've toggled back and forth, like, should I go? Should I not go? Should I go? Should I not go? Um, but I was like, you know what? I got. I'll race my local track and. Race so I raced Saturday on flats, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, made the main, everyone else was clipped in. I was gonna race all weekend on flats, that was kind of my my bet to myself. Um, because I would race, I would practice at the track. So Donnie Robson lives in Napa, and he'd come, his wife now lived here, and he would come every weekend. And uh, him and I would battle out at Roseville on Friday night. Right. And I would always wear flats. Always. Always wear flats. Um, and this was in a time when I was racing on clips. And I just couldn't get myself to go to the track and practice on clips because I thought it was harder on flats. Mm-hmm. So Donnie was tough. He was, he was fast. And so I'd battle him every Friday night on flats, on flats, on flats. And so I told myself, I'll race this race on flats. Um, so I made the main. 
uh, Saturday. I think I got, I don't know, fourth or fifth on flats, made open. And then so Sunday I clipped in. And it wasn't a big showing, but Warwick was there. And that was when Warwick was yeah, yeah, top yeah. dog. Well, he was world and, champion. Uh, yeah, probably, yep, national, probably national champion as well, yeah. And so I clipped it on Sunday, and I beat him all three days. Oh, that's good. Um, and so that was to, – to be somebody like that, you know, mm-hmm. where – when he was on top of his game, not too many people beat him, especially not for straightaways. No. Um, so, yeah, that was my first double-A win. Uh, one of only two. I only won twice. Where else was the other one? Uh, I think the following year I won in Utah okay. one day. Which is crazy because that's a long track and I don't do long tracks. Right. Yeah, no, this um, track. Yeah. I think, yeah. Christian, I think Christian gave up at the end and let me have the win. He felt bad <laughs> for me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was my, uh, Roseville first double A win 2004 and then, uh, 2005 on specialized. I had another win, um, in Utah and then, uh, I teamed up in 2005. I teamed up with Pierre. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you see one of the first guys with him, weren't you? You and Jason, maybe same time. Yep. Same time. Um, best thing I ever could have done. I never really had any training resume. Was you um, was you doing the book in the nineties? I was. I did. So I did the book. Right. <laughs> um, the how to train for cyclists or whatever. Or training for cyclists. I got yeah. passed around so much, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I did the book. Um, and you know what's crazy about that book? That book told you to only do squats to to the distance that your leg bends yeah. on your max pedaling or whatever. Right. It's such a road bike training book, right? Right. Um, and then I even after the book, I reached out to Jamie to help out a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamie Staff was doing some things. And then in 05, I, um, PH. I, was, I was going to races with Jason and... You know, I asked Jason, hey, man, would you have a problem if I reached out to him? And so I started working with PH. And I'm a person who will do the work. I don't want to guess on, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, trainer. I'm not into that kind of stuff, figuring out what's the right thing to do. I just want someone to tell me what to do, yeah. and I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I and I was, having a, I was having a great season, a really great season. Um and then Christmas Classic that year in 2005, um, I was doing well, and I broke my femur again. Oh, I remember twice, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was riding great. Um, I knew my sponsor with Specialized was, was going to be over, um, so I kind of needed that race to kind of you know, show some people that I could, I could still ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had my daughter three weeks before that, um, so I contemplated even going, but I went because I needed needed people to see that I could still race, and um, broke my femur and lost my ride in the same week. Oh, man. So, like, they dropped you the same weekend, or it just connect, uh, uh, it, 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 it timed it, out? No, that was it. That yeah. was it. I, the, the, deal, the deal was going to be the deal was gonna be over anyway. Okay, the right, yeah, end, of, end of the season, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they weren't going to renew any of the BMX stuff. Um, and so, yeah, broke my femur, lost my job. Um, you know, luckily for Robbie, he put together a great, um, uh, what would you call it? A, uh, 
before a GoFundMe kind of deal, um, before GoFundMe was out um, on his website, he put out a, uh, donations and a bunch of people donated to help me and my family out. Oh, so cool. I'll be yeah. forever grateful to Robbie for that. Yeah, anyone that, that cool. donated, um, because yeah, as you know, man, you go from having money to no money to big medical bills to, mm-hmm. to all that kind of stuff. And then, so 2006, man, I, no sponsor, didn't race at all. You didn't race um, Perry then, 2006? 2006, I, did, I think I went to the Grands um, just to get my name out there and I had no sponsor all year. And I got lucky and uh, Pete was a team manager for Intense. Mm-hmm. And I only got the ride. I only got the ride because Mikey Brabant, you remember that kid? Yeah, Slingshot, yeah. He refused, he like never called him back. Huh. Never called him back. And so Pete's like, hey man, we were going to offer this kid this ride. He never called me back, so. And Pete ain't chasing anybody, man. He's pretty stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so 2007 I rode for Intense. It was Intense Saco. You and um, Danny C. Me and Danny Kellogg. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a great year, man. I was doing well. That was the first year of kind of uh, big on the UCI Supercrosses. So went to Madrid, went to, um, well, they had the San Jose one. Um, the Dew Tour. Uh, yeah, the Dew Tour one. And then they had the one in France. France um, whatever. And then I got picked. Oh, and, and I got picked to go to... Um, uh, with Jason to go to um, Pan Am Games. Oh, you went there? No, I didn't go. Oh. I um, broke my shoulder right before it. Oh, shit. At my uh, local track. Um, so I missed the Pan Am Games. That's the one um, that Jason won? That's the one that Jason won. Who was he, the American guy then? They didn't send another one. Oh, man. No, my king was just like, ah, don't worry about it. We're not going to send nobody else. Huh. Uh, so super bummed about that because I knew I knew making the Olympics was going to be the Olympic team was going to be a little far fetched for me. Um, I wasn't making the finals at Supercrosses or the UCI events. Kind of already knew at that time uh, Donnie was going to get the coaches pick because he won Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle already solidified the points run, so it was just kind of a, a done deal. And but to to be offered to go to the Pan Am Games, I was like, oh my god, it's the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And then, sure enough, local track, um, just stupid little, stupid little move, bumped a jump again, and just broke part of my shoulder off. Oh. Um, so I missed the Worlds, and I missed the Pan Am Games, and then got back to racing, and I'll tell you what, Dale, uh, I always thought in my career that you wouldn't know when it was time to quit. You know, someone was going to have to tell you, hey, man, you should probably just hang it up. Um, I knew it was time and I went to, what was the Supercross race in France where we always go to, uh, Fry, Fry Juice. Yes. I crashed first moto, um, knocked myself out, woke up in a hospital room in France, wasn't seriously hurt, but didn't know where I was, didn't have anybody there. Um, I was married and had a kid at the time. I just didn't feel it right to my wife and my kid to just worry about me all the time and came home from that race and was supposed to go to the Florida Fall Nationals 
ended up going there anyways and just going on a family vacation. Never went to the track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Pete's like, hey, man, I, I know what you're doing. Like, so I just went to the Grands, and uh, that was it, man. And I never never really looked back. It was tired of – that was it. I was tired of – I was tired of getting to the top, falling to the bottom, getting to the top, falling to the bottom, yeah. getting to the top, falling to the bottom. I was tired of it. You really had and some bad luck at the end, yeah. I guess I did. Way through, yeah. I never got hurt as a kid, and it wasn't until I started racing pro that I just kept getting injury prone. And, and you'd make it to the top, and you you get hurt. And you make it to the top, you get hurt. It just got tired. Just and got really and tired. Bad, not because like you're a technical rider. It was like it wasn't even because of your rider. Just bad luck, wasn't it? You know. Yeah, when I hit the ground, I hit the ground, I guess. Oh, so that, uh, was, that was it. No farewell party, no... Um, no, no farewell tour, no uh, no nothing. I just, uh, I watched Danny C win the titles that year, and I went off in the sunset. And, you know, I kind of wish, hindsight, I would have, um, but it happened so quickly, I wish I would have... I don't know, got into something into the industry. Because mm-hmm. um, I still love bikes. And You're I, still I young. Still I mean, what, how old still, was you? I was 27. Yeah, still young. Um, but I was stubborn. I wasn't going to move. Um, I didn't want to move SoCal. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife was solid in her job. Um, so I didn't want to move to SoCal. And I, I just, I never really, you know, tried to get in anywhere. And I told myself I didn't want to, and then it was probably like five years down the road, and you're like, dang, wish I would have stayed in some some form of the industry at some point. But mm-hmm. um, it's so wishy-washy, you know? Yeah, you're probably best. Um, you know, I'm better know. off probably where I'm at now. Yeah, person. yeah, I think you're in a better place now than trying to, you know, what scraps are available in BMX racing, you know? It's, uh, but uh, that's uh, that's my career in a nutshell, man. My, my career was, uh, I, I think... You know, I've heard some some talk on, and every time it comes around to Hall of Fame time, and who should be in there, and um, you know, some people had a career, a very long career, right? And I think of Matt Hayden, mm-hmm. and he had he raced as a kid, and he raced into his mid thirties as a pro. Mm-hmm. He had a very long career. Yeah, majority of his probably highlights were when he was an amateur, mm-hmm. but he had a name as an amateur. Oh, yeah. um, the guy was on every big name team you can imagine when he was an amateur um, and he had a name as a pro yeah maybe he didn't win titles and he didn't win world championships and he didn't win this and that that dude's a Hall of Famer I, um, I to- totally agree I've, I've put him on the ballot numerous times you know when you have to you know I don't know if you get a vote but when I vote you know I think I put Nelson down a couple of times but I, the only other time is, is Matt Hayden you know because I totally agree you know and so some and some people have careers like that you know mm-hmm. I mean and I think my career is, is similar to his I think my name was made earlier in my amateur days um, carried on a little bit through my pro days but I don't have those um Elite titles or those, well, those you uh, do. pro titles. I, I, you do. It's just you're very you're quiet online. You're humble, and you like I say you're always a little bit out of the way being up in NorCal. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, you still can. You've got some, you know, two X Games gold. That's you know, that's unbelievable. There's world mains, junior men worlds, and then all the all the stuff you won in ABA. So I think you'd still had a unbelievable career but like say you still have a lot of bad luck as well you know yeah 
When when they inducted Brian in the Hall of Fame, it put a smile on my face because mm-hmm. that guy had he has no he has no titles, mm-hmm. you know. But that guy put a name for BMX. Um, mm-hmm. May not have been so much on the track, but he was a BMX racer, uh-huh. and then went and did race on and did do another thing. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that they're missing from that. Um, uh, from the Hall of Fame because they're and I, I don't know what the criteria is. I don't get a vote. No one's ever asked me to vote. Um, you don't get a vote. Uh, I don't get a vote. You say you don't. I think five hundred people get votes and like, no one, no one's ever asked me to vote. Yeah. Wow. Um. So I don't know. Somebody uh somebody posted last year about a uh, Hall of Fame and it's always a controversial topic, right? Yeah. Um, but once you put in the people who only have those certain titles, then what? I mean, right now, who who's on the ballot last year? Randy's a lock. Danny's a lock. Or Danny's already in. Um, uh, I would say you're a lock. Um, Thomas Allier. Thomas Allier. Greg's in the in the ballot quite a bit now. So look at so so look at Greg. Take Greg. Great yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Does Greg have any titles? But he's got Greg's got a lot of wins. Like he, he does, has, yeah. he does. Yeah. But if you say titles are the the way to get in, well, nobody really you. knows. I I would like to know. That I've never even been top five in ABA. I never never chased ABA. You know, I did a little bit of little bit of everything. If, if it really does go on ABA titles, then they're going to have to put Boots and McPherson because they they got number ones. You know, but um, not much else, at least in race. You know, I know Boots did good things in mountain biking, but. If it is, then Big Mac's going to start coming in any second now, you know, <laughs> with his clicks. I, and I think he would have he stayed around a little bit longer. He was just in and um, out, though, yeah. Was he, he was in and yeah. out. And um, he won his amateur title, then he went and won his pro title, and he stayed a couple more years, and that was it. Yeah, so if it does... Yeah, nobody seems to really... I mean, people know. I don't know. I don't know what the criteria is. If it is on ABA rankings, and I'll never go near it, because I've never been in the top five, you know. So, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows what the... Uh, and I don't even know this one this year. I haven't had any votes. And normally oh. I would think it's kind of, you know, they're the kind of starting to hype it up. But maybe because of this whole corona thing, maybe they're not even doing it this year. I don't know. Maybe they'll have a virtual one, a Zoom, a Zoom uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. I tell you what, we did have a Hall of Fame party one year. Though I'm, I'm not going to post them. Obviously, we're marrying kids now. But can you remember the, uh, we had a big blowout. It might have been your last grand's, the big blowout Sunday night. I've got pictures of you uh, and Danny. Not 2007. It wouldn't well, have been 2007. You're on one of them anyway. So yeah, Ash kind of been a couple of years early, but I seem to remember you. You was you was in the mix, was all in the hotel bar. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, that's for another story. Yeah. Um, well, tell us a little bit, Brandon. What happened then after you retired? I know you've done a couple of different things since, and obviously you're a family man. So how's how's life after after the double A life? Life is good. Um, so, I immediately got into workforce uh, right away. Um, I needed a job. I needed some money. Um, so, I uh, through the track, um, I got in touch and I got a job at a property management company. And so, I kind of did at first, I just did a, it's kind of like a, a laborer on the construction team. And then, I quickly realized that I'm not a laborer guy. Um, I'm definitely a desk jockey. Um, so I became property manager and I, I ran like 800 doors, 
um, at apartment complexes as a manager. Oh, wow. Um, and boy, that was a uh, taxing job. Um, I thought people would just pay their rent. Like, I don't know. Paying rent, I thought, was a normal thing to do. Um, you would let everything else go and pay your rent, but that's not the that's not the way that people look at it. Uh-huh. Um, Jordan's on their feet. Uh, new wheels for their car are way more important than rent. Right. <laughs> and so I did that for um, eight years, and then you know, keep in mind I'm joining the workforce late in life, right? Um, so I have a college degree, and I got it in teaching, and I never really went back to get my credential. Um, to teach and so I just kind of got into the workforce and then I wanted a job that had I don't want to work the rest of my life and so I'm a saver by nature I save everything I got uh, money wise Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to retire soon and as early as possible so um, one Christmas we were just all talking at dinner and uh, my wife's cousin like why don't you join the department of corrections and I know what he does. He was a correctional officer and works in a prison. I'm like, man, I'm never working in a prison. You're crazy. Um, that's no. And I, law enforcement was never my, never even thought about it. And so I was like, well, I looked into it. I looked into the retirement benefits. I looked into the benefits. I looked into the pay, and I'm like, shit, this is pretty good. Um, but again, I was, I was rooted, right? So there's prisons all across the state. I wasn't gonna move. Um, I'm not gonna uproot my family. My wife's so solid in her job. Um, and so I went through the process and uh, went to the academy for, to be a correctional officer, and I uh, became a correctional officer and worked in Stockton, so about an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. So I worked inside the prison as an officer for, I don't know, uh, three years. And then I quickly realized, um, again, wrestling inmates on the ground was not for me. <laughs> and... Uh, I realized that I could get a higher paying job at, in the department still, um, still being a peace officer. And so I took a promotion, um, went back to Monday through Fridays, had the weekends off. And then now I work at headquarters in Sacramento. So I wear a tie to work every day. Oh, wow. Um, yep. <laughs> um, but no, it's good. Uh, so my career is good. Um, family is good. I got a 14 year old daughter. Um, she's a great kid and she's into wrestling oh, nice. um, and she loves it and she's dedicated just like I am um, so she got that personality and then I have a nine-year-old son and he's more of a new uh, new style kid he sit in front of that Xbox all day long and, uh, play Fortnite no BMX no neither one of them so my daughter had a I mean I don't say interest we go out to the track every so often um, but I don't keep, I don't keep anything around the house. I have a few mementos about BMX. Um, they probably didn't even know I rode bikes till they, till they got older. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and so they didn't show any interest. I'm not going to push it on them. Um, I want them to be able to do their own thing. If they wanted to race and ride bikes and I'm all for it, but she wants to wrestle. So I'm into wrestling. Um, my son plays soccer, and he, he's getting into football now, so he wants to play football. I'm into that. Um, so, yeah, no bikes on the horizon at all. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, like I said, I don't keep many things around. Um, 
got a couple frame jerseys, and um, but for the most part, they would have never known how to race bikes um, unless I told them. Yeah, low key. What about um, uh, do you do you follow anything now? Do you still watch the races online or? I do, I do. Um, big ones I'll tend to catch. Um, it's, uh, it's different out there right now. Yeah, yeah. What do you um, think? Who do you like to watch, and what's your thoughts on everything? What's my thoughts on BMX right now? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have a feeling about it. Um, I'm still for. I could care less about eight meter hill or regular hill or what? What's the small one called? Eight meter and the five meter. Five meter. I I could care less about that. Um, I think you can generate speed some way else, but that doesn't matter to me. I just want to see. I want to see people showcase their skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very disappointed in the Tokyo Olympic track. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, Rio kind of people were blowing up everywhere, and I don't know if that doesn't look good for TV. But the Tokyo track looked really, really, really um, easy. Don't you easy think? Yeah, is that the way you thought of it like that? Like yes, too easy? for, for t- your for your supposed best of the best, uh-huh. which which we all know the Olympics doesn't always get the best of the best because you only get so many riders, but. Suppose the best of the best, um, I think the best of the best should, should showcase what others can't do. Right, I understand. Um, and I think, you know, and I know people have different opinions about that. Uh, but I think um, racing is in a tough spot right now. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of what kind of money people are making other than what I see. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a few making a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assume the majority are making none. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the surge is for to race for your country, to race for your country, race for your country. So race these um, World Cups, race the Worlds. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I hope it sticks around. Um, we'll see. I... I like watching racing no matter what. I sat and watched the Grands, um, this last Grands, which was I thought was a great race between between Con- Connor and uh, Joris. Joris. Oh no, Corbin. Uh, Corbin. No, Corbin. 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 Yeah. Corbin. Yeah. Joris is um, injured. Yeah. Thought it was a great, great uh, race between those two. Um, and you know those two are those two guys are young, so maybe they'll have you know a good handful of years left. Joris is still in there. Mm-hmm. The two uh, young. Netherlands uh, groups. I mean, those kids, um, Nick Keeman and mm-hmm. um, the kid that won the world a couple yeah. years ago. Oh uh, yeah, uh, uh, Van Gent. Twan Van Gent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't think it's any worse than it was when I hung it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's just in a different uh, different place. Different place. I mean, people's mindset are in different areas um, because of the Olympics, and it's it's uh I don't know is is it in the Olympics in twenty well whatever the hell it's going to be this next one not twenty one but is it going to be in twenty five or twenty four? I don't or know if it's, it's I don't know if it's confirmed, but I the, the people talk like it's going to be, but I don't know if the official uh, confirmation is that. I really don't know. 
I mean, I guess. So I'll tell you this. Yeah. With street and vert coming into the Olympics mm-hmm. and skateboarding, I got a funny feeling BMX is going to go away. Yeah, it's going to be racing. I think it's uh, yeah. Them. It all depends if you know they're they're what they do in the Olympics. You have to kick stuff out to put new stuff in and. They start putting more, uh, yeah. For, I mean, skateboarding, I would think, is going to look good, and I'm sure yep. freestyle will as well. So I just think BMX just has to put a good showing in, you know. And uh, hopefully, it gets and I don't know, I don't good. know how you do that. I, honestly, I don't know how you do that. Um, I don't know what the trick is. I don't know if it's uh, better camera angles because we all know we're there. We know how awesome BMX racing is, no matter what kind of racing it is, flat hill, big hill, big jump, small jump, whatever. We, BMX racing is awesome, but we're individuals that know what it's like. And so to sell that to the mass via camera, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, angles of a jump doesn't show you how tall that 10-foot tall lip is or how big that 35-foot gap is. On TV, it looks small. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't get to see, justify and see that. Um, so I, I don't know. I wish everyone the best. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be around. Um, I do think, though, that, and I've always thought this, that we need to kind of um, step back. And, and USA BMX is a business, right? They're mm-hmm. business first, and we're never going to, Take that away from them, and I won't ever find fault out of them about that. But I think we need to go back to you have to perform at your local level first. Yeah. And you have to make it to your state level. And any other sport is like that. You have to make it from your state level to, you know, to the national level. Um, but it won't be that way because it's, it's about a business, and I'm not ever going to find fault with them about making millions of dollars. Yeah, well, it's gonna be interesting. What after this, uh, you know, Corona deal, um, how it's how it's all gonna look, and obviously there's gonna be new, probably new guidelines to events and stuff. So, yeah, hopefully if there's some some good plans in place for whatever scenario is kind of thrown at um, as what we have to do as a sport. So who knows, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, should definitely it definitely needs uh, bringing up to current times, I think, and maybe reinventing a little bit to. Uh, to, to yeah to, to keep it growing and I think uh, yeah it's going to be an uh, interesting couple of years I think once the, the green light to go racing again is uh, which hopefully is soon you know I got a funny feeling you won't be seeing any nationals anytime soon yeah no I, yeah, gatherings of thousands of people that's what I'm thinking yeah I, I would I was talking to Brian Fell and he, he brought up a good point you know he says it might be like uh, East and West Coast nationals I think ABA USA BMX have two kind of setups two big semi trucks and two teams uh, so Brian seems to think that they could be like, you know, like, so there'd be a race in Kentucky and a race in, you know, uh, California the same weekend. And that's a way to to make it a little bit smaller. But who knows? Yeah, but I, I would I would generally think it's not going to be the, the big races anymore. You know, it could be uh, more grassroots and it, it might actually be a, a win for grassroots, you know, more state, regional, uh, local type events, you know, um, and yeah. financially and sponsorship wise, it's, you know, for my team, we're tier two kind of funded team um it does make sense for us to do more of that you know not hopping on planes and going across country you know so uh maybe it will work out for the better you know if it does go that route are you running a full team still yeah i still have a horror amateur team so okay we've got five or six riders and uh um, i saw the last kid you picked up the shredder the pump track shredder 
Yeah, yeah, he's just a local guy that lives by me. Yeah, he used to race, and uh, he doesn't even race anymore, but I just see him at all the parks, and uh, his name's Pat Doty, and uh, he's just always out there, a positive kid, always helping kids at the pump track, and he's just in the local scene, you know, and he's just a real cool kid, so um yeah picked him up and uh we've got a bunch of you know uh, amateurs as well so but yeah we're on a limited schedule but they do you know they go to the grands and uh, a couple of races you know central and stuff but they're more west coast based team um to like say if, if it does move into more of that regional type thing then it's obviously better for at least for me financially you know so um yeah we'll see where it all sits when the when the green light is out and we you know, the guidelines are out there, you know, so it'll be interesting times. I, I got a funny feeling the, the pump track scene um, and those pump track races are going to take over. I think so. I was just talking to Paul Roberts. I think, you know, Paul Grotbag. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, we were just, you know, talking on the, a couple of days ago and he was saying, well, it actually makes sense, pump track, because it's like um, socially distancing, really. Two people going in two different, de- you know, two different <laughs> ways, you know. He says nobody really smashes into each other in the first turn and two people go opposite ways but kind of still race you know so he was you know and i i think so as well i think the pump track thing was just about to start you know before this went down uh, at least the series here in the u.s and i think uh yeah hopefully um you know that gets picked back up and it, it could be the could be the way to go forward i hope so and it, it could be something for you as well i think a lot of the old guys like it seen a lot of been meeting up with uh, Keith Mulligan and uh, Alan Foster came down um, last month and we rode with them guys and it seems like everybody's kind of giving everybody some of the older guys a you know a second wind like hey that's cool man let's meet up and ride you know and I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it so might be something for, to get you back out there again you know we don't have any um, concrete ones uh, I mean that I can think of anywhere near me really um, I have in Roseville we have tons of parks that have just open grass areas and i've emailed the park um in the city and i always get sh- uh, shunned um you gotta but get yeah, Pel- they, pelton's they gonna they be on that you would think he even must have an eye in the sky you know he sees that pump track thing coming around so might be something um, i would love one in my area i would i think it'd be great i would ride it every day yeah you because um, i i think it's a it is a great tool mm-hmm. for kids to just get skills on their bikes. And I hear a lot, of, and I, I see a lot of arguments of, well, pump tracks are bad for BMX racing. Well, yeah, they might be, because it might take some kids away from the track, but and we just need to get into the, um, and I hear Jason say it all the time, is just people riding bikes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We yeah. need to have people on bikes to continue the selling of bikes, um, regardless of what kind of bikes they are, and get them out there riding them. And if that's a pump track, um, perfect. And then if we get a kid out to the pump track who learns how to pump manual and jump a little bit, then you can lead him to the track and say, Hey, take these skills that you just learned at this pump track mm-hmm. and transfer them over to this bigger track. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get these kids excelling immediately um, from the pump tracks and BMX track. Yeah, no, I think and I'm, I'm using, uh, we haven't been riding there now because it should, but my daughter, we don't go to the track too much because uh, Chula Vista is, you know, quite a drive for, for my daughter, at least, for after school. Uh, but we've been going to the pump track or we had done a lot. So I'm hoping we're going to get another, you know, once it opens up, get it back down there regular. Then I want to take her to the track and see how much she's actually progressed, you know, just through, just through pump track, you know. So it's kind of a little thing that I'm kind of checking out myself, you know. I bet you'd be surprised. I yeah. bet you'd be surprised. How much, how much skill she will to transfer from that pump track? Because it's the basics, right? It's 
It's learning how to absorb a jump, learning how to pump down the backside. Mm -hmm. um, keep your speed up without pedaling. Um, you don't need um, you don't need anything else but your body weight to, to generate speed. And I watched a race a couple years ago, um, and, I, and I'll leave the kid's name out of it because I don't know the kid. And, but he double wheel rolled, and he is an older an older kid. Um, probably 13 or 14 mm -hmm. and it was at the grands and he double wheeled bar humped every jump and <laughs> he know. won and he, was on a yeah. and he was on a factory squad yep um and i think he even won the title but yeah i don't think he's gonna excel when he gets older because no. he has already got those bad habits mm -hmm. um in his head and in his his muscle memory and I, it's a it's a clip learned method. Um, he wasn't taught or even shown how to manual or pump correct. It's just I don't know. I think if you can get to kids to the pump track and and give them that basic skill, and if that's where they learn it before they go to the track, so be it. Yeah, no, I agree. Or even you know, I think the ideal situation is like a Chula Vista is to have a pump track and a BMX track where. Yeah, you know, you can when when I do my camps down there, it's awesome. We spend time on on both, you know. So it's uh, is there dirt? Yeah, there's got. I've actually got two two dirt pump tracks at Chula Vista, and then you've obviously got the two Olympic tracks, and then you've got Tyler's USA BMX track, and the pump track is right next to Tyler's. So when we do camps, we're just got you know. Sometimes I've got oh, some yeah. kids on the pump track and some on the the regular track, and we're switching over, you know. So it's great, you know. Same for when I when I enjoy riding, you know, during camps as well, because I get to ride both, you know, during the day. So I think if uh, every track had a pump track as well, it would definitely be worth... You would go to a pump track, and you'd probably, oh, I'm here at the pump track, they're running gates in half an hour, I'll stick around and do a few gates, you know? So, yeah. But you're not yeah. going to go especially, um, you know, when you've been doing it as long as us, like, oh, let's go do some gates tonight. It's a little bit of more of a push to do that, even though it is kind of cool and fun. I think it'd be a bit more motivational if you're going to go and hit the pump track first for 30, 45 minutes, you know? Yep. So, yeah. cool, cool stuff, Brandon. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, we might see you back out there again. Say if this takes off, and um, I would, uh, yeah, I'm sure Pelton could be a, a good guy to rally up something up going up where you guys are. It'd be benefit all you guys, and uh, yeah, might uh, we might get to see you back out. How old are you, Brian? Uh, Brian, um, Brandon. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Are oh, you still young? Still got plenty. <laughs> still got. Still got plenty. I tell time. myself every year I'll, I'll dust out the bike. Um, I go to uh, the trails and I make sure I can still jump them and and uh, puts a smile on my face. And then I usually just put it up and come back the next year. So. Yeah, you're talented, uh, talented on a bike though. So I'm sure you still got the exact same skills. You know. Cool it, stuff. Uh, it, it didn't. I didn't lose it. That's that's for sure. It's crazy how you you don't lose them that fast. Um, it comes back real quick. Yeah. Now, if anybody wants to uh, say hi, drop you a message. What's the best way to get hold of you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, or Instagram. You like hidden on there. What's that? You like hidden on there. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't post much. Uh, I let the wife. She does all the posts for the family and stuff. Um, uh -huh. I, I'm not into social media. I probably would have been, if, if I was writing now, I'd be a sponsor's worst nightmare because I just, I don't get on it. I, I troll, I troll and I look at stuff, but right. um, as far as posting, I don't, I don't do it, but you can find me on there. Um, I'm not hitting that much 
Name's uh, spelled the same as has been forever. Right. Um, and then, yeah, man, I appreciate the uh, potty. Uh, keep up the good work. Everything you're doing, man, you uh, do great things for the sport, um, for the kids in general. Uh, the stuff you and your wife do for the for the youth around your area is awesome, man. So keep it up. I hope oh, you can. Uh, I hope you can branch off and if you if you got the time and effort, branch off and go to different cities and counties. Yeah, hopefully that hopefully we can grow everything we're doing. You know, that's always always the plan. But uh, yeah, just keep keep your fingers in all the pies and and try and uh, do a little bit of everything and just kind of yeah, kind of keep it fun and see how far we can take it. You know, so good stuff. Well, thanks, Brandon, and uh, thanks everybody listening. And we'll catch you all next time. See ya. All right, Dale. Be safe. See you too. Bye. Cheers.